0: Welcome back, friends, to Hope is a Prayer Away. I am your host, Pastor JJ. And in today's Bible study, we're going to be studying relationship truths. It is estimated that between 40% to 50% of marriages will end in divorce. And these are some of the leading causes of divorce in the United States in a 2020 survey. Number one, conflict, arguing, Irretrievable breakdown in a relationship. Second, lack of commitment. Thirdly, infidelity, extramarital affairs. Number four, distance in the relationship. Lack of physical intimacy. Number five, communication problems between the partners. Number six, domestic violence, verbal, physical, or emotional abuse by a partner. Number seven, realization that one spouse has different values and morals. Number eight, s- substance abuse, alcohol addiction. Number nine, absence of romantic intimacy or love. Number 10, one partner not carrying their weight in the marriage. Number 11, financial problems or debt. Number 12, marrying too young. And number 13 is lack of shared interests, incompatibility between partners. I would like to compare the aforementioned lists and analyze their individual categories that are factoring in the amount of divorces with what the Bible, our Lord says, about how to maintain a Christian marriage. Now, I have highlighted problem categories that I believe warrant a separation or some time away, like a cooling period, if you would. And from the list that we just read, I would say, number one, when there's conflict, there's arguing, irretrievable breakdowns in the relationship, I think that cause, that's a good time to say, hey, you know what? Let's think about this, but maybe I live here and you live there while we sort this out. And this is based on my experiences uh, when I was a police officer. Number three, when there's infidelity or extramarital affairs, things will usually get heated. And I would encourage you again, one person live in one place, one person lives at another place until you guys can figure out. If the relationship is worth uh, salvaging, or is it just beyond repair? Number six, this is a must. If there's any domestic violence, verbal, physical, or emotional abuse by a partner, immediately, immediately get out of that home. And if you have children, you go to a police station. Go to a friend's house, but immediately you have to leave the home. Number eight: If there's substance abuse or alcohol addiction again, based on my my past experiences, all of these subcategories involve the possibility of imminent danger to the innocent party in the relationship, and in my experiences, and in my experiences, usually these highlighted. Categories don't bode well for the party receiving the abuse or the party dealing with the drugs and sobriety issues that their other half is partaking in, especially if there's minor children involved in these types of circumstances. And friends, some matrimonial issues are convoluted and they require the intervention of a licensed family counselor and if the need arises the family should seek out preferably a licensed christian family counselor that lives in their area for professional assistance or maybe talk to your pastor or or get a uh, or get a family matrimonial type of counselor so that you can all sit down and see if there's something that can be done to salvage the marriage and i know that from being a part in the religious arena i know that a lot of those issues are are true that we just covered so and sometimes you know people forget they neglect each other uh, and sometimes it's not intentional Sometimes it could be because somebody's working so many hours that by the time they get home, they're beat. Uh, you know, on top of that, maybe uh, they're the they're the ones that are in charge of you know bathing the kids, feeding the kids, getting dinner ready, and before you know it, it's nine ten o'clock at night, and they start their day at five o'clock in the morning, and they're exhausted, so they don't have the time or the energy. To fulfill some of the um, some of the love and the sexual qualities of a marriage, but you know sometimes things can be worked out. Again, you know these are things that you may uh, want to consider with your pastor. Would and and be honest, say the truth of how you feel and what it is that you feel that is wrong with the marriage. Now, what is the paradigm as set forth by our Lord? for a happy and long-lasting, fulfilling Christian marriage. And let us look at some verses, if you would. And in 1 Corinthians 7 of the NIV, we're talking about concerning married life. Now, starting at verse 1 of 1 Corinthians 7, we're going to go from verse uh, 1 through 5. Okay, so starting at verse 1, it is, now the matters you wrote about, it is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman, but since sexual immorality is occurring, each man should have sexual relations with his own wife and each woman with her own husband. The husband should fulfill his marital duties to his wife and likewise a wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but yields it to her husband. In the same way, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but yields it to his wife. Also, do not deprive each other, except perhaps by mutual consent for a time, so that you may devote yourselves to prayer. Then, Come together again, so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Now let's let's talk a, briefly and, uh, and and a briefly overview over this. And verse two, it says, "But since sexual morality is occurring, each man should have sexual relations with his own wife, and each woman with her own husband." Now, verse number three and number number four. The husband should fulfill his marital duties to his wife and likewise the wife to the husband. And what it really means is when you're having that intimate moment, if your spouse is asking you to do XYZ, then you should try to do it so as to not cause a temptation in your spouse to go outside the marriage and look for somebody who will do X, Y, Z. And likewise, the wife to her husband. So it's both of yous. If the wife is asking the husband that she would like to have X, Y, Z, the husband should do and fulfill his duties And please his wife so she doesn't cause, so it doesn't cause her any temptations to go outside the marriage and look for what's missing in her intimacy. So that's what it means. And look at what it says. It says in verse 4, the wife does not have authority over her own body, but use it to her husband. In the same way, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but yields it to his wife. So there's a confirmation. Okay? So the Lord is talking about and remember he created sex. So he knows he knows us better than than we know ourselves before he knew us before we were even thought of. But there it is. And I think you know, and 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 all of the uh marriage counseling sessions that I have been a part or I have shared with, uh, with other people, which I'm not at liberty to speak. That's a big issue. A big issue is the sex in the marriage and that not only the sex, but the quality of sex. And that's why I named this podcast Relationship Truths. Guys, if you know there's something wrong, if you know that you're not being fulfilled when your ent- me, ent- me, uh intimate moments, sorry, are occurring, be honest. Say, hey, would you please consider doing this and this because I would really like to enjoy this. And by the same token. Husbands, if your wife is not doing something, ask her. Ask her. Tell her, listen, I am not getting out of this moment um, because I would like to have ABC done. You know, be honest with each other because you know what's going to happen? One of you or both of you will stray outside the marriage. as often happens. And you are searching for someone. That will fulfill the things that are missing in your intimate moments. So that's why I think it's wise every so often. I'm not saying every every week, but you know what? Maybe once a month. And especially if you have kids, I understand because I've got two adult children now. I understand that those moments are precious and few in between. But you know what, maybe every two or three months, write it down on a calendar and have a coffee date where it just you and your spouse go out and you openly discuss what's going on in your relationships. Ask the other person, be honest with me, is there something missing? You know, do like a checklist and, and have the other person Open up and tell you if there's something missing. Okay? So that's just a suggestion. 1 Corinthians 13 verses 4 through 7 of the NIV. And it says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. Verse number 5. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. And that's a big one. Let's forget minor, minor stuff that happens and that we get upset about. And it could be triggered because we had a hard day at work or whatever. But you know what? Make it a deal or make it a... uh, a ritual with your spouse, that before you go to sleep, say, hey, I love you. Give give each other a little kiss and don't let that simmer. Don't let that, um. don't let that anger simmer because that's what Satan will use to try again to destroy you. Verse number six, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth it always protects you know it always trusts always hopes always perseveres now first six love does not delight in evil you know there's a there's a common trend now that's called an open relationship or open relationships I'm sorry and uh, I, I guess it's become popular in certain circles and and I guess uh, some people that don't know Christ indulge in these uh, types of events and uh, and sometimes what happens is, That when the other person strays out, at some point, one of the parties will realize what they've introduced into their marriage. And friends, there's absolutely no way that you can love your partner if you're willing to share him or her with someone else. That's not love. Because like it says, it love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. It does not dishonor others. So, you know, you can tell that to yourself if you like, oh, we have an, an open relationship. Well, if you do, I can tell you, friends, you don't know Christ. That's not a marriage. Ephesians 4, 1, verses 4, 1 through 2, 3, out of the NIV unit, this is titled, Unity and Maturity in the Body of Christ. Starting at verse 1, As a prisoner for the Lord, this is the Apostle Paul, then I urge you to live a life worthy of, of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Ephesians 4.29, verse of the NIV. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may be that it may benefit those who listen and you know men lift up your wives don't bring them down don't talk down to them these are the people that God has given you to share your life with and ladies do the same with your husbands. Lift them up. Praise him. Talk about difficulties. But don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. You're a child of God. Amen. Ephesians 5, verse 1 through 33. Number one, follow God's example. Therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you, there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality. Or any, of any kind of impurity or of greed. Because these are improper for God's holy people. So, again, for those that want to have an open relationship. For those that are married and are involved in sexual immorality. Or of any kind of impurity or of greed. I got news for you. Uh, that is not going to be acceptable to the Lord. Verse 4, Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. You want to praise your partner. You want to thank your partner. You know, I remember that when I was young, I cannot tell you that my dad was not thankful for when my mother cooked uh, our, our, our daily dinners. But I never heard him express gratitude to her. And um, he wasn't mean or anything. But I never heard him say that. And I always said to myself, I want the day that I get married, I want to. Thank my wife every time she makes a, she makes me a meal. Because I want her to know that I love her and that I am so thankful for her taking care of me. And we've been married now 38 years. And I think um, I have always thanked her for every meal. Even coffee, whatever she makes for me, so that she knows that I am so thankful and that I love her. And I think it's the right thing to do. And we should do that to each other's. If your husband brings you breakfast in the morning, even if it tastes bad, <laughs> like my cooking is. But you know, it's a thought that counts, right? And uh, so eat the he eggs and you say, thank you, honey. Uh, but I'll make breakfast next time. <laughs> that's okay. Verse four. Nor should there nor should there be any obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking. In other words, you know that's not uh, that's not cool. You know, saying those uh, hard jokes or whatever. No, which are out of place. But rather, Thanksgiving. For this, you can be sure. In verse five. No immoral, impure, or greedy person such as a person is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Amen. So don't let any anybody tell you, oh, that's okay. No, it's not okay. It may be okay for you. But that's not what Jesus says. And therefore, verse 7, look how strong this, this wording is. Therefore, do not be partners with them. So if you know anyone who is involved in an open relationship, and, and who's committing sexual immoralities. What does the verse say? Therefore do not be partners with them. For you were once darkness, but you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Verse 11. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is and do not get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery instead be filled with the spirit speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and songs from the spirit sing and make music from your heart to the lord always giving thanks to god the father for everything in the name of our lord jesus christ submit to one another out of reverence for Christ reverence for Christ wives submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church his body of which he is the savior now as a church submits to Christ so, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything and i'm going to tell you why because you see when judgment comes it's going to start with the husband of the house and how and how he acted good or bad and how he treated his family did he lead them to christ So that's why he's saying, the head of the house, I'm going to deal with the man first. Amen? So it's not that the wives are slaves to their husbands. No, that's not what it's saying. What it's saying is, now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So, men, remember that Jesus died on a cross. So, he's telling you right there to take care of your wives, to protect them, to love them, to nurture them, and be willing to give up your life for them if if that's what it came to. So, there's no slavery. And to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with the water through the word. And to present her to himself as a radiant church, without stain or wrinkle, or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife, loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body. But they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church. For we are all members of his body. Verse 31, For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each of you, each one of you, must also love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. 1 Corinthians 7, verses 3 through 5. The husband should fulfill his marital duties to his wife, and likewise the wife to her husband the wife does not have authority over her own body but use it to use it to her husband and in the same way the husband does not have authority over his own body but use it to his wife we've already covered that do not deprive each other except perhaps by mutual consent and for a time so that you may devote yourself to prayer then come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. And that self-control that we're talking about is the desire to have sex. Okay, that's what it means. And let's close it out with the strongest, one of the strongest uh, verses in the Bible is contained in 1 Peter five eight. And I'm reading it out of the NIV. And verse 8 says, and this is Jesus talking to us. Be alert and of a sober mind. For your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Amen? We have to protect our marriages We have to lift up our wives. We have to talk blessings into her, into your home, into your children. Bring them up. Don't bring them down. Don't use coarse joking with nobody. That's not good. I'll tell you, I am so blessed because my wife was a believer before I became a believer. And um, for a while, we had Bible studies at our, at our home, and, and it was amazing how the hand of the Lord worked and how many people gathered at our house. When we had a small little house. But you know, my wife sometimes would lead us in, in studies, and I remember her saying how our home is to be our refuge. It's our rock. And I was so blessed, not only by that information that she imparted in me, but routinely she prays. And when I hear her pray at the table, when I hear her pray uh, in the evening before we go to sleep, I am so blessed by hearing her voice praising the Lord. And friends, if you've never done it, welcome Christ into your home. Ask Him to stay. Ask the Holy Spirit to be with you all day, every day. I do. I ask Jesus into my home. I I tell Him, this is your home, Father. Please don't leave. You're welcome to here. And you know, we pray before every single meal, either I'll I'll pray or my wife or my children, but somebody will pray for we are so grateful. And you know, families that pray together, stay together. Amen. And I don't know where you are right now in your relationship. That's why we're doing this podcast. But I would like for you to picture one thing, please. I want you to picture yourself extending your hand out to greet someone that you know, and the person just walks by and doesn't acknowledge you. And then I want you to picture Jesus extending his hand out to you day after day, month after month, year after year, and you just walk by and you don't grab his hand. But friend, Today is your day. Jesus has been calling you and you know it. And if you would like to accept Christ as your Lord and your Savior, and if you're going through a difficult time in your relationship, He wants to be part of the solution. He wants to help you. He wants to give you hope in a hopeless situation. He's going to make a way for you and your children. Amen. And if you would like to accept Christ, I'm going to lead you in a prayer and you can pray along. Heavenly Father, I come before your throne. I ask you for forgiveness of all of my sins. This day, Father, I take your hand and I ask you to be my Lord and my Savior from this day forward. And I thank you for the sacrifice that you made for me on Calvary. Amen and amen, Lord. And friends, let's pray for you and your family now. Father, I pray for any family that's going through a divorce, a breakup, or tough times. That they would unite that they would come back to you, that they would seek you, and that you would bring hope to them, that you would restore peace to their home and to their lives, and to the children's lives that are seeing their parents um, arguing and going through rough times, and they are as well. So I pray for anyone that needs you this day, please father be there for them and help all of those involved in this need friends if you prayed that prayer with me to accept christ i believe that you are born again i encourage you to please find a bible that you can read that when you read it it stands out to you it's easy to read and then i would ask you to take copious notes of your weekly Bible study, your Sunday school, and your sermons on Sunday, and before you delve into processing all of that information, I would encourage you first to pray that God would give you the wisdom to understand what it is that you're going to be uh, reading and 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 trying to understand. And secondly, I would ask you to ask the Lord to give you remembrance so that you can remember whatever scripture it is that they, that someone may need so that you can help that person in their time of need. Amen. And I always close out all of my podcasts with remembrance of the late Pastor John H. Osteen. And Pastor Osteen would always close out his TV sermons with the following phrase. Keep Jesus' first place in your life, and he will take you places that you've never dreamed of. Amen. Friends, thank you for your time and the privilege of being able to share Christ with you. And I look forward to talking with you tomorrow on our podcast May his blessings always be upon you and yours, today and always, in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you.